A construction welder was effortlessly scaling the beams high above the street while the pneumatic hammer was blazing away with ear-shattering noise and a compressor below was shaking the iron girding. A man came along and happened to be looking up and when the welder came down, he was amazed and said, how do you stay so calm up there? How did you happen to go into this kind of work and do such a, a scary kind of thing? And he said, I used to drive a school bus, but my nerves gave out. <laughs> Today, we are not talking about the stress and chaos around us, but the struggle and stress within us under the theme, the soul's stress. From the earliest time of our remembered consciousness, I believe there is a struggle and stress deep within our souls. The uncertainty of what are we really to do with our lives is a built-in part of the human journey. A comfortable loving old man who died, was born into the other world where every wish was gratified. No effort, no struggles, no requirements made of him. He became bored and finally said, I can't stand this everlasting bliss. I want to feel there are things I cannot have. I want to go to hell. And the attendant replied, and where do you think you are, sir? Why is it, why is it we feel compelled to listen to voices that are calling us to constantly feel better and simply enjoy life? Rather than being called to make the world a better place. Struggle and stress are good to a point if they cause us to wrestle with getting beyond self to a higher good. That's what happened with Jacob in our first lesson that Lara read for us. On the other side of the struggle, Jacob discovered a blessing. Now last week we looked at a choice. And of course that choice is to follow Christ. As throughout these Lenten Sundays, our sermon series is calling us forward, following Christ. What that means is a lifelong journey. Our text from Mark that B read for us tells us that while they were on the way, in other words, the journey of life, while they were on the journey of life, Jesus, after asking the disciples, who do others say that I am? He asked them point blank, but who do you say that I am? Jesus drove them beyond generalities and what others might say to the awesome territory of personal decision. G.K. Chesterton, that wonderful English author, once said, all generalizations are false, including the one I just said. No 
generalities here. For a decision is called for, and Peter blurts out, You are the Messiah. You are the Christ. You are the one who God has sent for our salvation. Each of you listening now has at some time probably said in your heart of hearts, amid the soul stress, spoken that word of you are the Christ on the journey. And that's what makes you a Christian. It's part of who you are. No one has it all figured out, but most of us know there is a deep churning within and that a decision must be born. I love how poet Ella Wheeler Wilcox put it. One ship drives east and another drives west with the selfsame winds that blow. It's the set of the sails and not the gales that tells them where to go. Like the winds of the sea are the winds of faith as we voyage along through life. It's the set of the soul that decides its goal and not the calm or the strife. Out of the soul's stress and struggle can come the soul's goal. You are the Christ, said Peter. But Jesus pushed Peter as he pushes us this morning as part of our soul's stress. He began to speak of suffering, rejection, death, resurrection. And when he talked this way, Peter said, Ha! None of that's going to happen to you as long as I'm here. And Jesus looked Peter straight in the eye and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are on the side of mortals and not of God. And then came four brief teachings from Jesus on the mystery of the Christian life and the mystery of life born out of the soul's stress. And I want to explore them with you this morning. The mystery of self-denial. The mystery of self-discovery. The mystery of self-security. And the mystery of self-affirmation. The teachings come one after the other, beginning with the 34th verse. If any want to follow me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The issue is not to take up Jesus' cross. For Jesus calls you out of the soul's struggle to take up whatever cross you have been asked to carry and to lift it up as an offering to God through him. Channing Pollock, the American playwright and critic, tells of a friend named John. John had worked at the same place for 40 years, every morning wearing the same blue serge suit, shiny, shiny, blue woolen fabric. And Pollock said, you know how blue serge can shine and, and where it can shine. Well, Channing said to his friend, John, I'm glad to see you. I've been wanting to tell you a couple of things. First, you never made a very good salary in your whole life, yet you've done very well. You've raised a family, 
got your kids through college, one of your children, a doctor, and the other married and giving you grandchildren. Anyway, I want you to know you've done a good job. That's the first thing I want to tell you. But the second thing is, John, you've taken care of everyone else but yourself. There's no use you and I kidding each other. We've got a lot of miles on our speedometers. We don't have many years left, and I, for one, am going to treat myself a little better from here on in, and I want you to do the same thing, John. And John said, Channing, it's nice of you to think about me, and I appreciate it, but I'm going to be frank with you. I'm carrying a lot of insurance now. I was never able to take much insurance when I was raising a family. There just was never enough money. So I've got a lot of premium payments that I'm making, and it's, it's got us pretty hard-pressed. But I know you'll understand, Channing. I've just got to make sure that Martha will be provided for when I'm gone. Channing Pollock said, as John turned to go on down the street to work, a stray sunbeam fell across his shoulder. And I didn't see shining surge anymore. I saw a shining suit of armor. Because John was now a knight with his lady's colors worn across his coat of mail. Sir Lancelot went out and fought 40 minutes for the woman he loved. But John went out and fought selflessly for 40 years. Beyond the soul's struggle of your decision that Jesus is the Christ is the mystery of self-denial. Self-denial. But then there's the mystery of self-discovery. Verse 35. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the gospel will save it. That teaching runs counter to every natural instinct within us. For if you don't look out for yourself, you're going to slip away. But Jesus says, no, it's when you only look out for yourself that you actually do slip away. And there are many who walk the Christian road who have missed that truth of self-discovery. And they have missed everything. And that's why Jesus said, narrow, narrow is the road that leads to life, and there really aren't very many walking it. So this saying about losing and gaining your life in verse 35, well, it's either sheer nonsense, or it's the key to life's hidden treasure. A distinguished senior minister from a large church in Boston was once on a mission trip to Africa. He was not a sheltered person particularly, but he was repulsed by what he saw one day when a nurse was wrapping the open sores and, and blisters of a leprous man. He almost couldn't stay to see it. And when the dressing was completed, he went up to the nurse and he said to her in amazement, I wouldn't do that for $50,000. And she looked at him and she said, neither would I. 
those who lose their life for my sake find it. How much will we do and how much will we give for others? Well, beyond the soul stress is the mystery of self-denial, the mystery of self-discovery, and then the text tells us there is the mystery of self-security. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their soul, their life? Verse 36. All our training and all our energies, all of our dreams can so effortlessly be directed to securing ourselves in this perilous world. And there's the dilemma, really. We want to grow as spiritual beings, right? We want to grow as spiritual beings. We want to be secure. But those two things are mutually exclusive. For the more secure I feel, the less I feel my need for God. The more secure I feel in all my stuff and all my money and all the things I've got placed around me, the less I know and feel in a real way my need for God. The Gospel offers this crucial warning again and again that the security game leads me down a primrose path. As novelist Marcel Proust once wrote, we are those who who we wish to learn to swim while keeping one foot safely planted on the ground. It can't be done. But when your life has been touched by Jesus, there's something more to be touched in life than simply gaining all the world. When a person makes money the highest pursuit in terms of time, energy, and interest, there's little room left for God, who gives everything in the first place, What a person says and how a person lives aren't necessarily the same thing. We are to love people and use things, not love things and use people. We are to love God and use money, not love money and use God. Beyond the soul struggle of your decision that Jesus is the Christ is the mystery of self-denial. Take up your cross. Lift it up. Follow me. Is the mystery of self-discovery. Try to hold on, and you're going to lose it. But if you let go, you're going to have it. Is the mystery of self-security. What if you gain everything but lose the one thing that is most important. And finally, in our 38th verse, there's the mystery of self-affirmation. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed. To be ashamed of Christ is to move away from the deepest level of who you are as a person today. 
For me, to live is Christ, Paul said in Philippians 1.21. For me, to live is Christ. To place Christ at the center of your spiritual life is to find your true center. Hence, you can affirm yourself. You belong to Christ. But to be ashamed of Christ in his words is to push him to the far edge of your reality and then to wonder why everything seems flat and lifeless. You know, it's one thing to say at a party to a group of acquaintances, I'm a Christian. It's another thing to say that you have dedicated your life to following Christ and that you do it. Who do you say that I am, Peter? You are the Christ, came his reply. Then move beyond the soul's stress, Peter, and you will live your life as God intends you to live it, with the energy and mystery of self-denial, self-discovery, and self-security, and self Affirmation. In the words of an old Celtic prayer from the 5th century, Be the pain of Christ between me and each pain, the love of Christ between me and each love, the dearness of Christ between me and each dearness, the kindness of Christ between me and each kindness, the wish of Christ between me and each wish, and the will of Christ between me and each will. And no venom, no venom can wound me. When you know that, when you truly know that, the soul's stress finds peace in the reality and in the way of Jesus Christ our Lord.